We're so honored that you joined us for this week's message here at Hope Church in Kalispell, Montana. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and challenged in your relationship with Jesus. Be blessed as you listen to this week's message. You guys ready for the word this morning? As we are in the middle of this message series called Prosperous Soul, um, based out of uh, John chapter 2, John is writing a letter You understand that most of the books in the New Testament were letters written to the church to encourage it, to correct it, to bring correct doctrine um, and understanding of who Jesus is and the gospel. And John is writing this letter and he, he said something really interesting. He said, I pray that you would prosper even as your soul prospers and be in good health. And so with that, I believe that not only was it a greeting that John was uh, greeting one of his elders at the beginning of this letter, but it was John was dropping a truth bomb on us. And the truth bomb is this, is this connection between the overall health of our soul, our mental health, our emotional health, is directly tied to our spiritual health. The healthier we are, spiritually speaking, the healthier we are going to be in our thought life, the healthier we're going to be in our relationships, the healthier we're going to be in our emotional state and capacity. Um, How many of you ever heard of EQ? EQ uh, stands for emotional quotient, Uh, just like we have uh, IQ, intelligence quotient, where we gauge in uh, people's measure of intelligence. EQ, uh, it measures our emotional intelligence. And for many of us, we're hurting in our soul. The soul is the seat of our mind, our will, and our emotions. And for many of us, we don't know what to do with all of that. And we're going to hear again, once again, we've been going through each week some different areas where I believe that we struggle in our soul. And today I want to talk to you about the problem of pain. Many of us, because we don't know what to do with pain in our life, We are very challenged, especially, I believe, being Americanized, living in this Americanized culture where even in the generations uh, that have not experienced war. Now, I I see a difference when I look at my grandparents' generation. There's a difference between that generation and and the generation now. And and I don't think, (laughs) I'm sorry to say this, but what I see is not good. And the good that that I don't see is the fact that there's something that happens to people when they go through things that are hard. There's things that happen to us um, that can be good or bad when we go through pain and suffering. But if, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have to believe that God wants to redeem pain in your life and he wants to use pain for a purpose greater than what we know and see. And so I just want to start out by recognizing that all of us in the room, those of you who are watching online, all of us are probably going through something painful right now. From little things to, man, you couldn't find a parking spot, or you couldn't get your kids checked in, or you got into a fight with your wife on the way here. Um, No matter what it is, or maybe you're here and you're dealing with cancer. Maybe you've just recently lost somebody dear to you. Maybe you're in the middle of a challenge in your marriage, it's struggling. Maybe it's on the brink, you're on the brink of divorce. Maybe you're on the brink of financial ruin. Maybe you're struggling in your relationship with your kids. Maybe you're wrestling with some internal things that are going on that are causing you a lot of pain. Maybe you're wrestling with an addiction or a brokenness or sin in your life or a habit that you just can't shake. Um, No matter what it is, 
God wants to touch and heal your pain. And he wants to teach you how to not only um, get over it, because that's a problem for, for many of us. We're trying to get over pain. And yet there's something that if we will allow God to take us through the pain, there's something for us on the other side. So I want to begin with a, a, a scripture of Jesus uh, in John chapter 16, verse 33. And I'm going to read to you out of the Amplified Version. I like the Amplified Version. I use it often because what it does is it amplifies some of the original language from the words. In, in the original language that the Bible was written in, whether Hebrew or Greek, oftentimes we don't get the fullness of a word that is used in the Bible because our English vocabulary is rather limited. So the Amplified Version just expounds and amplifies some of those words that are important for us to understand. So I want to read this to you. This is Jesus actually preparing his disciples for after he would leave and preparing us in return. He says this, I've told you these things, everything that I've told you. I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. You're going to have pain and distress and suffering. But be courageous. Be confident. Be undaunted. And I love this. Be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished. My victory abiding. The title of my message this morning to you is Pain with a Purpose. Pain with a purpose. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word that changes us, that challenges us, that convicts us. Father, I pray today, God, that you would take the pain that we've experienced in our past, that you would take the pain that people are experiencing presently, and that you would turn it around and use it for good, that you would use it for a purpose. Redeem it, God, I pray. God, I pray that you would help us to recognize and accept the pain that we have, but also recognize your power, your overcoming power, your victorious presence that helps us not just avoid it or get over it, but get through it on the other side victorious. In Jesus' mighty name. And now, church, would you take a, a few moments and just pray for the United States of America with me? Father, we thank you for this great nation. Come on, lift your voice and pray with me. We thank you for the United States of America. God, we still believe that this country can be redeemed by your power and by your presence. Father, we repent on behalf of our nation. And we say, Father, forgive us for turning our backs on you and going our own way. Today, we repent on behalf of our nation. We ask that you would hear our prayer, hear the cry of our heart, that you would forgive us of our sin, and that you would turn your face back to this nation again. And that, God, you would bring revival to this great nation. God, the answer to all of our problems is you. We need more of you. We need you back on the throne of this nation. So we pray for our government. We pray for our leaders. We pray for President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. God, we pray that if they do not know you, that they would come to saving grace and faith and knowledge of who you are, and that that knowledge would lead them into the wisdom of heaven, and that they would lead this nation according to your Bible, your word, and your will in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. I have a couple things that I believe um, will help you, whether you are currently in pain right now, or um, if not, God bless you. I'm so glad that you are not in pain, but I can guarantee you this just like Jesus guaranteed us. In this world, you will experience pain. Uh, we can't avoid it. 
I love, um, I love what one pastor said one time. Wendell Smith actually said this. You've heard, it, you've heard it said, no pain, no gain. Well, Wendell Smith, I like what he used to say. He said, no pain, no pain. <laughs> and that's the way most of us try to live life. We, we don't want to experience pain. We don't want to have to go through anything painful. Why? Because it hurts. That's the real problem with pain, right? It hurts. It is painful. Um, yet, for many of us, we don't know what to do with pain. And so we avoid it. We deny it. Uh, we can spiritualize it away. And, um, and that becomes a problem. It becomes a real problem. In fact, um, I was reading that um, there's been enough research about people who have gone through incredible pain and suffering in their life and how some of them have come out stronger, better people uh, with, with a sense of deep purpose in their life that they're using their experience for something good to help other people with. Um, what they found is that people that come out on the other side of pain like that, what helps them be able to go through pain is recognizing that there is purpose in pain if you can embrace it. But that's the problem. Most people, and, and, and I've struggled with this throughout my life when I've experienced pain, but most of us, we don't see pain that way. We see pain as a problem. And, and just like when we go to the doctor and we're experiencing physical pain, instead of trying to get to the root of the problem, oftentimes we're given a, a prescription to ease the pain, take care of the pain. So what do we do? We pop some pills, we take some Advil, and we numb the pain, but the problem is the pain comes back. It doesn't go away because we actually haven't gotten to the root of the pain. We haven't cured or allowed um, healing to come to the pain and so pain becomes reoccurring. And a lot of us, the problem with our soul not prospering is this right here, is that we have not allowed God to heal our pain, redeem our pain, and take us through the pain to bring us out the other side victorious, overcoming the pain, and now turning the pain into purpose. And so I've got a couple things that I believe will help us in that process. And the first thing is this, you have to accept it. You have to accept that you're in pain. You can't deny pain. You can only deny pain for so long. But, but the reality is, is for many of us, we do just that. We get up there, especially in Christian circles, especially in charismatic Christian circles, because uh, we faith it away. <laughs> we try to tell ourselves, no, I'm not really experiencing this pain. Let me tell you something. That's not reality. <laughs> faith is not denying reality. True faith is not denying reality, but it is denying an, uh, it, the absence of a place of influence in our life. Like, I may be experiencing pain, I may have pain in my life, that's reality. But faith says, I believe in a higher reality that even though I am experiencing pain, I also believe in the reality of the power and presence of God that even though I'm experiencing pain, that I can praise God because Jesus has overcome my pain. And I can have victory in the middle of experiencing pain. I don't have to be weighed down by it. I don't have to be bogged down by it. I don't have to become a prisoner to it. And too many of us have become prisoners of our own pain. Locked in a prison in our soul, bound by the pain that we have. So let me tell you this. Peace, and you're going to want to write this down. Peace doesn't mean that you don't have pain. It means that your pain doesn't have you. I'm going to say that again. 
Peace doesn't mean you don't have pain. It does mean the pain doesn't have you. In other words, you're not stuck in a prison of pain in your soul that is affecting you more than you know. I used to have a friend um, in college, and you know how it is in college, man. You can't afford a nice car. You drive a beater. You remember those days, Pastor David, right? No, no. David, Pastor David always drives a Lamborghini, just so you know. Um, but I, I had a friend in college, and I was riding. He gave me a ride one time, and I noticed on his dashboard, he had this little black piece of masking tape. And I'm like, bro, what, what, what's going on? What's the deal with the masking tape? And he's like, oh, um, that's where my check engine light is. I, I don't like to see the light on. It bothers me. So I put a piece of masking tape over the light so I don't have to see it. And I thought, man, that's kind of funny. I'm like, you know, poor guy, everybody with check engine lights right now is, is it, here's the reality. Check engine light is necessary. It lets you know that there's a problem with your car. Pain, God made you and created you. Pain is a lot like a check engine light for the soul. Pain is a warning light to let you know that something is not right in your soul. But too many of us, we do the same thing my friend did. We deny pain by putting a little piece of black masking tape over our soul and walking around it, dancing around it, um, trying to overcompensate for it, trying to deny that it's there. The only way in the beginning to get through pain and to allow God to heal us of the pain and to use it for a purpose is to accept it. I love Charles Spurgeon. He has a quote, and this quote actually was birthed out of a very painful experience that he experienced in his life. In fact, um, doing some research on uh, what is commonly known as the preacher's preacher, Charles Spurgeon, amazing man of God, um, led one of the largest churches in the world. He, um, at one point, he was preaching in, in a service. People were coming in and people were going out and there was around 10,000 people in this church and a balcony collapsed and killed several people and injured many right in the middle while he was preaching. It damaged him so bad he couldn't even get up in the pulpit for months. And even when he did, he couldn't read the same passage of scripture until um, the day he died, I believe, because it, it traumatized him and it was so painful for him, that experience. And throughout his lifetime, he dealt with depression. And you would never think the great Charles Spurgeon, man of God, preacher, preachers, how in the world, you know, somebody like that deal with depression in his soul? But the reality is, is, is all of us have pain that we experience in this life. But going through the pain, it's not that we're not going to experience the pain. It's how we, what we do with it, how we go through it. And he has a quote, and I love this quote. He said this. He says, I have learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. He didn't deny pain, but he allowed to do with the second thing that I have for you is this, is run to Jesus with your pain. See, Spurgeon was on to something. He said, I, I, I kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. I'm going through pain. I've gone through pain. But I'm allowing that pain to throw me into the arms of Jesus, not away from him. And this is where most of us have a problem right here. We might be willing to accept that we're in pain, but we don't know what to do with it. 
And because we don't know what to do with it, we don't run to Jesus with it. We actually run away from God. We try to find another source. So what do we do? We try to escape it. And too many of us, we're, we're scrolling through hours. We're in pain and we're scrolling on social media. Can I tell you something? Scrolling, you might be able to scroll away pictures, but you will not be able to scroll away your pain. Many of us, we're escaping the reality that we have pain and we don't know what to do with it. And so we entertain it away, we Netflix it away, we social media away, we uh, sports it away, we hunt it away, we busy it away, we keep our lives so busy that we don't have a free minute to actually stop and be in the presence of God and let the pain and the reality of it be real to us enough that we are willing to take it, accept it, but not just stay there, run to Jesus with it. And I use that word run on purpose because when you're in pain, it's, it's a critical moment. It's like triage for the soul. Because here's, the, here's another problem with pain. If we don't run to Jesus with it, we stay stagnant in a very vulnerable place. And when you're vulnerable, here's what happens. The enemy will come in like a flood. And he will try to offer you and me solutions to ease our pain. Mind you, temporary solutions that may take the edge off for the moment, but then the reality is, is in the morning, we wake up and that throbbing thorn of pain is still in the side. And he will come and he will try to tell you lies about your pain. And this is where it gets ugly. He will try to tell you uh, about things, feed you lies about your past, about your pain, about, that, about what that means about who God is. How could God let you experience pain? How could he allow that thing to happen in your life? Why didn't God do something to stop it? He will start feeding you lies about the goodness of God that will try to keep you from running to Jesus because he knows that if you take your pain and you run to Jesus with it, he knows what will happen. Jesus will embrace you in the middle of your pain. And his love, his grace, and his mercy... There's something about the presence of God in the middle of darkness. Although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You make me lie down in green pastures. You lead me beside still waters. And I love this part. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. What if the presence of, our, of my enemies was the presence of pain? What if in the middle of your pain, God was preparing a table for you to sit down and be with him and allow him to minister to you and teach you things about what you're going through in your pain? I love that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were three men that refused to give in and to renounce their God, knowing that they would have to go into the fire. And even though they got thrown in the fire, the presence of Jesus in the middle of the fire with them, they came out and they didn't even smell like smoke. I believe that there's some of you that if you will get a biblical framework for going through pain, that you can actually go through pain without coming out like smelling like smoke on the other side. Come on, baby. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I was reading, there's this, um, this author, and 
his name was, I'm trying to remember his name, something Sitzer. And he wrote this book, and it's an amazing book. And the book he wrote was A Grace Disguised. Uh, Gerald Sitzer's his name. And in this book that he wrote, he wrote it on the other side of pain. And this book called The Grace Disguised, it reflects on the loss. Can you imagine this? In one day, in one tragic accident, Gerald Sitzer lost his mother, his wife, and his little girl. Just like that. Gone. Could you imagine the amount of pain that this man was experiencing? But instead of denying his pain, he took it and ran to Jesus with it. And I love this. There's a quote um, from his book that I love. Um, when he was talking, part of the, this book is learning the grace of God, the presence of God through his pain and suffering and loss that he went through. By the way, I know that uh, many of us over the last year and a half through the whole COVID season, we've lost people physically, but more than that, we've lost businesses, we've lost relationships, we've lost um, marriages, we've lost children, um, we've lost churches, and, and we don't know what to do with grief and loss, and that's why I love that we have a ministry um, in this church that deals with that, and Mike Funderburg, thank you for um, using pain that you've experienced and the pain for other people to bring and use it for a purpose and to bring a ministry to this church. If, you, if that's you, if you're struggling, we have help for you in this church. I never want to preach things to you that we don't have practical resources and, and ministries in this church to help you process your pain. But as he was processing it, he wrote this book, and the book was birthed out of him understanding at a deeper level the grace of God, the goodness of God. And he says this, he said he learned that the quickest way to reach the sun and the light of day is not to run west chasing after it, but to head east into the darkness until you finally, finally reach the sunrise. The quickest way to reach the sun and the light of day is not to run west chasing after it, but to head east into the darkness until you finally reach the sunlight. And can I tell you that for all of us who are experiencing pain and, and or going through pain someday, that our tendency is to run away from it and to try to run into the light. And we have to be willing to go through. One theologian called it the dark night of the soul. That when we are willing to run through our darkness... You know, and, and meet Jesus in the middle of it and allow him to bring us out on the other side. There's some things that we will never know about God and about ourselves until we allow that process to happen. It was interesting, one time I was talking with um, a pastor who had just got back from a mission trip in Africa, and he said um, something that really struck me. He said, they pray really differently there. And I'm like, oh yeah, how so? Um, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, here in America, when we go through pain or problems, we pray and ask God to uh, remove the pain, take us out of it, remove the obstacle out of the way, get the mountain out. Go, I don't want to go through the pain. God, would you remove this pain from me? He said, they don't pray that way there. He said, they actually pray, God, give me the grace to go through it with you. Because they understood that there's a deeper work that can only happen in us when we allow ourselves to go through the pain with Jesus. Got to go through it. 
got to go through it with Jesus. So we need to accept it. We need to go through it with Jesus. And the next thing is this. We need to leverage pain for a purpose. Leverage pain for a purpose. What do you mean by that, Pastor Lance? Pain can teach us something if we allow it to. And I believe when, when we read the Bible, one of my life verses is Romans 8, 28, which says this. And we know. You see, this is where it begins. You have to let this verse sink deep down into your soul. You have to know. You have to have a conviction about when you go through pain. It says, and we know that in all things. What does it say? In some things? Pastor David, does it say in, in my current pain and circumstances? In a few things? No. The Bible says in all things. Everything. But we know that in all things, God works for what? For good. For those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Now, there is a little bit of an asterisk here. This verse is a promise for the people of God, for those who love him. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, now this is where um, people who are not following Jesus, before I followed Jesus, I didn't understand pain. It didn't make sense to me. And let me tell you, um, even this verse is not a prescription pill for making everything okay in our life. I'll just be right up front. There's a lot of things that I've experienced in my life that you've experienced in your life and things that you have yet to experience that are just not going to make sense to you on this side of the veil. There's a mystery to life. And I even believe that sometimes God doesn't give us all the answers. Why? Because he wanted, it's a testing of our faith. Do I need the answer? Do I have to know the answer to why I experienced that in order for me to follow you? It's like saying, God, unless you tell me you know, I'm not, I'm not going to follow you. I'm good. I want to know why. I want to understand it. We want to understand it here. And let me tell you, I believe that the reason why that God doesn't tell us sometimes is we can't understand it. It's too vast to understand. If you could, someday we'll get to look from the perspective of heaven and see all the, the pain and suffering. Now, let me also uh, tell you this. I, I need to let, this, let you hear this. Just God said... In this verse, I know that all things will work together for good. It doesn't say that all things are good. <laughs> all things are not good. Sin is sin. Evil is evil. People get abused. They get hurt. There's injustice in the world. There's pain. There's suffering. And that is not good. And, and, and that is not what this verse is saying, and that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that in the middle of pain, in the middle of injustice, in the middle of sin, in the middle of uh, abuse, in the middle of the pain that you're going through, that if we recognize it and we give it to God and we run to Jesus with it, that when we put it in the hands of Jesus, he can now take that pain and leverage it and turn it around and use it for good in our life and the lives of other people. How does he do that? The first way he does that is there's only some ways that we'll know God in the middle of going through pain. Look at the story of Job. Job was a man in the Bible who went through incredible amounts of pain and suffering. And yet, one of my favorite scriptures, he said this in Job 42.5. He said, my ears have heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Some of us aren't seeing the reality of God in our life. 
We've only heard about him. We come to church. We hear preachers like me preach about it. We read about him in the Bible. We, uh, you know, on Instagram, look at and like nice quotes about Jesus. But I'm telling you, the, clo- the times where I've been closest and felt the presence of God draw near so close was but in some of my times of terrible pain and grief in my own life. And I love that there's verses that we can hang on to that says that uh, God is close to the brokenhearted. That means that when you're in pain, God is drawing near to you. He recognizes the pain. And through that, we get to know God on a deeper level, not on a surface level. Some of us, this is, this is the real problem in our relationship with God is we have not let our pain draw us closer to God. The other thing it does, and this is going to be in the notes or up on the screen, is that it softens our heart. That sounds contradictory, doesn't it? Because it actually, if we allow it, it can harden our heart. And that's a problem for a lot of us. We're going to deal with that at the end. But if we allow God to work in our life, because that's another part of what happens when we allow um, God to go through pain with us, is we become more like Jesus. God changes us. He wants to use our pain to make us more like Christ. You understand that God cares more about your character than your problems and your circumstances. And if we're willing to go through it with him, he will allow the pain to work more of the character of God in us. Um, James, I think, and this, I don't have this up either, but I'm going to read it to you because I think it's an important scripture. James said it like this, consider a pure joy. What, James? Are you out of your mind? What are you smoking, man? Consider a pure joy. You mean you want me to get happy about being in pain? He says, yes, because he said, if you could just see down the corridor what pain can produce in your life if you will go through it with Jesus. He said, consider a pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, whenever you go through pain, because, again, you know that the testing of your faith, see, pain tests our faith, and that's good. It's good to have your faith tested. You need your faith tested. I need my faith tested. Do you know how many times I'm going to be honest with you? I, I love that we honored pastors today. Do you know how many times that I felt like I should quit? Do you know how many times I've gone through something painful as a pastor? You realize it's painful being a pastor. Ain't going to lie. Do you know with you people? Come on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's painful. There's been so many times that I've wanted to quit, but when I allow God to go deep in my pain and meet Jesus there, I recognize that God is trying to produce something in me, and he's trying to produce something in you. He says, the testing of your faith, the test my faith. God, can I really do this? You call me to this. It's producing perseverance. There's a grit. There's a holy grit that gets in you and me when we allow uh, God to do something in us when we go through pain. It produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, and what? Lacking nothing. You know what that word means in the Greek? It means to be made whole. God is trying to make your soul whole. Wholeness from brokenness, healing from pain. And use it for a purpose. Leverage it for a purpose. You draw closer to people. It's a byproduct of it. When we allow other people into our pain, There's something that connects us. You ever had somebody open up to you and share with you something very painful, very personal? What does it do? Do you go, oh, no, oh, gosh. No, we don't do that. 
There's something about it that draws us in. God uses it to to draw out empathy and compassion in us and soften our heart towards other people. And we get close to one another. In fact, I was thinking about this. The first day I met my wife and we walked on the Lee campus, uh, university campus together. It was the beginning of me falling in love with her. What drew me to her is we had this really honest, vulnerable, vulnerable conversation about the pain that we walked through in our childhoods. And immediately there was a bond that that happened. There was a connection that happened. My heart went out to her. It was drawn to her. That happens when we allow God to redeem pain. The last thing, and this this is where I want to end, is allow God to redeem your pain for a purpose. I love that word redemption. Do you know what that word redemption means in the Greek? It means to buy something back, to release something that was imprisoned for the purpose of it being used for purpose. Allow God to do just that. Could you imagine? I think about Joseph. What, God, what the enemy meant for evil, God, he meant it for good. Every point of pain in your life, if you will allow it, God will redeem it. He will buy it back. He'll say, I know you're broken. I know you're hurting. I know this hurt you. I know you're going through suffering. Trust me, I understand. Because I went through pain. I went through suffering too. But if you'll put it in my hand, I'll take it, I'll redeem it, and I'll give it back to you to use it for a purpose. Do you know some of the greatest ministries are birthed out of pain? You ever heard of MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Driving? Do you know that the lady who started that organization, she lost her daughter tragically to a drunk driver, her teenage daughter enormous amount of pain. Can't imagine going through something like that. She could have she stayed the rest of her life in a prison of pain and let that pain have a hold on her. But she took a hold of that pain. She turned it around and let God redeem it to use it for a purpose. And now that organization, MAD, has helped save countless other lives, teenage daughters, moms from having to go through the pain that this lady went through because she allowed God to redeem her pain. Now, I don't know how many of you are into art or pottery um, or beautiful things like that, but I discovered um, something very interesting, that there is this Japanese style of pottery that is called kintsugi, kintsugi. And it actually means golden joinery. If you guys can put the picture of that. I want to show you a picture of this pottery. This is an example of kintsugi. Kintsugi is pottery that was once beautiful but was broken and instead of throwing away the broken pieces which most of us would do in Americanized culture the Japanese have a different philosophy about broken things they believe that there is beauty in things that are broken and worn because of the experience that they've gone through that you cannot replace for many of us in America we break something and we sweep it up, put it in the trash, and go buy something new. In Japan, when something is broken, they not only pick up the broken pieces, but they glue the pottery back together. But they don't just glue it together with some super glue or gorilla glue. What they do is they glue it back together with a compound that has gold flake in it, gold resin in it. And so they fill in the broken cracks with gold. In fact, um, one, of the, 
One of the, the actual names for kintsugi means golden joinery. Um, there's also a, another term for it, kintsugiara, which is called golden repair. And what I love about this is that it's part of a Japanese philosophy called wabi-sabi. Uh, it's a philosophy of embracing the flawed and the imperfect. They actually don't just repair it. They highlight the cracks and repairs so that you can see them clearly. When I think, thought about that, I thought about this man, Jesus, who in Isaiah 53, 3, it says this about him. He said he was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. And he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our pain and carried our sorrows. And yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded. Listen to this. This is the Jesus that wants to walk with you in your pain. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement that brought us peace was upon him. And by his stripes, his wounds, his pain, we are healed. Jesus said himself that he came to heal the brokenhearted. That word brokenhearted means shatter, broken. Just like that piece of pottery, shattered, broken, lying in the ruins of pain. By the world's standards, a lot of us throw out our lives, say, God, I'm washed up. I've gone through too much. Surely you can't heal me. We deny it, we escape it, we medicate it. We don't bring it to Jesus. So he could gather up those pieces, take the gold of his love and his grace, put each piece back together and to make it into something beautiful. It's exactly what God wants to do with your pain. But you have to allow him and you have to run to him. And if you do, there's an amazing promise that he'll redeem it. If you knew my story in my life, I should not be up here. I shouldn't be a pastor. I shouldn't be a husband, a father, a friend. My life was broken. I had so much pain, I didn't even know what to do with it. And I was running from God. God gripped my heart. He poured out his liquid love and healed every broken piece. And he wants to do that for you. Maybe you're here today and, and you've experienced pain in your life and you've allowed the enemy to lie to you and blame God and blame yourself. And today is the day you would say, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I need Jesus to heal me. I need to heal me of my sin, my pain, and my brokenness. If that's you, just slip your hand up. Say, Pastor Lance, I, I need Jesus. God bless you.
Come on, anyone else. God bless you. God bless you. In a minute, I'm going to lead us in a prayer as we close. And I believe that there's many more of us. We do know Jesus. That's not the issue for you. The issue for you is you're denying the pain that you're feeling in your soul. You've been pushing it down. You've been running from it. You've been medicating it. You've been comforting it. You've been busying it away, escaping it. God brought you here today to hear this message. He says, it's time to stop running. It's time to start running into the darkness, through the darkness with me, so I could lead you out the other side into the breaking of dawn, into the light of my love and grace and mercy in your life. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. Just be bold. God bless you. God bless you. Many, so many hands in the room. God bless you. God bless you. I believe there's many online, many in Eureka. Let's pray this prayer together. Father, thank you. Come on, pray with me. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to heal my broken heart, to forgive me of all my sin, to wash away all the brokenness, and to put me back together. Thank you for dying on the cross as me, for me. Forgive me from turning from you. Today, I turn back to you and I run to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Hope Church. If you enjoyed this message, you can easily support the ministry of Hope Church at hopechurchmt.com slash give. Also follow us on social media at Hope Church MT. Be blessed and have a great week.